0: Welcome to the At A Total Loss podcast, where lost moms candidly talk about their experiences with stillbirth that have left them at a total loss for words. It is through our stories that we hope to give you support, motivation, friendship, and maybe a laugh or two. But most importantly, we hope to give you light in the darkest moments of your life. I'm Catherine, a lost mom to my beautiful son, Brody, who was born still at 36 weeks on January 18th, 2022. While trying to survive the sadness and find answers as to why he died, I found this community of incredible women willing to share their journey, experiences, and sometimes margaritas so that I didn't feel alone. They helped me survive, and I hope we can do the same for you. So grab some wine and some tissues as we navigate this awful world of stillbirths that has left us all at a total loss. Um, Are you good?
1: Yeah, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry if you see me like scratching my face. I woke up covered in hives.
0: Oh my goodness. What? Why?
1: I, so I have been diagnosed with PCOS and oh. an autoimmune disease. <laughs> and so my naturopathic doctor has me on a liver and a hormone detox. And apparently... I'm allergic to something. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Of course. Of course. I mean, it's just part of the fun now, right? If I look like my eyes are swollen, it's because they are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's good times. It's, it's been a lot of fun,
0: but I know that you were kind of having, you were having issues um,
1: conceiving. Is this, did they finally come up with why, or did Mm -hmm. you know this all along? no. I didn't know i had p c o s and I didn't know I had an autoimmune disease, so this is all new. I assumed I probably had p c o s but it had never been diagnosed um, so yeah, we'll see yeah, we'll see if I can conceive She said it is more challenging with both um i don't even know syndromes d- okay. disease and syndromes together, yeah, so We'll see, but I've gotten pregnant three times and I didn't know I had PCOS. So it's obviously gotten worse. I mean, so you didn't know any of this
0: until right now? No, I just went wild. Does it, can it
1: develop later on? Yeah, Yeah. I probably have had PCOS um, and then it just getting kind of out of control. It just has been attacking my thyroid. So my thyroid... Is really struggling. Um, but I don't have any nodes or inflammation. Um, so she really feels strong that I can um manage it. Yeah. Diet and changing my exercise and some supplements. So have you um this is gonna sound crazy. Have you done acupuncture? Oh yeah, no, nah. it's not crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> I told, I walked in there this morning and I'm like he's like, what's wrong? I was like, I have hives. I don't know what's happening. And he's like, Oh, I know exactly where to put it. And he stuck it. And there's this point on your leg, like right here. That part hurts <laughs> that he said it's in Chinese, but it's uh, a thousand bugs crawling. I was like, Oh, perfect. Cause cool. I'm like, Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> I swear though. That stuff like I wasn't, I was very, I was, I mean, super, I'm super into holistic things. I'll do my best. Obviously I like a good combination of Western medicine and like, you know, obviously if the doctor's like, Hey, you really need to take this, then I'll take it, you know? Um, But I don't do unnecessary things. I guess that could be because fitness professional. I don't know. But yeah. when someone was like acupuncture and holistic wellness and things like that, I was like, heck yeah, I, I've done some crazy stuff. And I I swear though, I come out and I go,
1: I'm not sure what they did, but I feel better, you know? So
0: it, whatever Every- works at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's supposed to be, but I mean, I wasn't ovulating. So I learned that I wasn't even ovulating. I started seeing him, started ovulating. The second month that I saw him is when I got pregnant. That's the baby I miscarried, but like all this time, not ovulating, not getting pregnant, finally see him start ovulating, get pregnant. Like there is a correlation.
0: Were you testing and it was saying you were ovulating, but you really
1: weren't ovulating. So I think we talked about both using those strips. Yeah. Like it would never, it would like go up and down and up and down. There was never a clear peak. Um, and I couldn't really identify my cervical mucus, like what it was doing. Cause it was kind of all the same. And then my cycles were like 60 plus days long. And the, everyone, I, all the doctors I spoke to, they're like, yeah, that's more of a sign of like, you're not ovulating. So your body's just trying to like jumpstart and do something each time. Yeah. Like, cool. <laughs> Did they give you something to take now? She, so I just had my period and I just ovulated according to my sticks, which was like so exciting that I was like, well, it's actually showing it. Um, So I'll test, I'll do a blood test again on Friday and she's going to check my progesterone levels because I was able to get in soon enough with the miscarriage to check my levels and my estrogen or that. What is it? The other hormone was great; it was where it was should be, but the progesterone was super low. And then when they tested again, there was zero progesterone, which is wild. So oh I gosh. like it because of the progesterone.
0: There, do, seriously, are do you feel like you have a medical degree le- yet? Because like I do. <laughs> oh yeah, like now so many with,
1: things. Yeah, now with this PCOS, and then it's either Hashimoto's or Graves' disease. I'm like reading all these things and I'm like, oh my word, like (laughs) I'm going to learn a whole new language. Honestly. So did they put you on like Clomid or Letrozole or anything like that? Yeah. So after this test, we'll see how well my progesterone was doing. And then if it's super low, she's going to put me on one. It starts with an L like Levitrol or something. Yeah. Yeah. To do that. And that you do for like, I think like three months and see what that does. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. That's enough. Yeah. My husband's not thrilled, but I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like we're going to do this cause I'm done. It's been like so long of trying. It's just, it's too much. We just need help. We, our bodies are different. We have a tremendous overload
0: of stress and trauma and PTSD and like just so many things that are probably counteracting and just things going on with our bodies. And I think you and I are on the same page as far as being so in tune with it. And even if a doctor's like, oh, you're fine. You don't need to see a specialist. It's just this or that. I'm like, no, I feel like something's up. Like I'm seeing things, my cycle's longer or my period's longer,
1: or I'm having breakouts that I've never had in my entire year. Like something's going on with my hormones. I'm right there. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know. I know. Same thing, OB. It's fine. It's all fine. And I was like, it's not, it's not fine. So found her and yeah, here we go. Yeah. Well, props to you for being like, I'm not,
0: I'm not going to sit here and just listen to you guys. Like I think something's up and I'm going to advocate for myself and get answers. And it's tough. Cause then you have to see a bajillion doctors and you get a bunch of tests and you just have to keep oh, going through it.
1: And now, you know, which, uh, which, um, bottom that you like, I just saw a new one yesterday and she was nice, but man, I have a huge bruise. The one I usually see, like, I don't even have like a bruise at all. Like, dude, that is so true. Cause like we're
0: pros now at giving blood. So like, I'll be like, Hey lady, I just, I have, I'll sit down on the chair and I'll say just a heads up. Mine are like really tiny and it's really hard to get blood and like I chug water it just happens and they're so confident they're like oh I've done this you know 1,000 I've done this 1,000 times today it's no big deal and then they jab me and they totally miss the the vein I'm screaming I'm like you're doing this wrong so they don't want to listen to us but I still am like sit there and I'm like I'm not going to try to tell you how to do your job but I know exactly what spots don't work (laughs) Like
1: just yeah. My to left me. arm. Yeah. Metric needle. I promise every single time I Do see, see the one. same lady now and she does it every time. And I'm like, thank you. I like less. Oh, well, I, I hate that this
0: is happening to you. I just, I feel you. I, I know what you're going through. It's another level of this entire experience and journey after loss, which I think <sighs> anybody who's try it again. No, it's just, it's not even just physical and the the mental and emotional aspect that's going on as well. It's just insane. And I love what you're doing now, you know, in honor of Rainy and you're trying to help women feel good because we're all going through these things, you know, and we need that hour or even just a couple minutes out of the day where we don't have to think about it, you know, and feel better. I want you to start your story. You know, I mean
1: how we got to this point. So I started pregnancy and postpartum fitness and all of those things. Just after I gave birth to my first daughter, I was a CrossFit coach and I became pregnant unexpectedly. Super exciting. I had no idea. Like we talked about, I've always had really long cycles. So again, that's PCOS symptom that should have been diagnosed earlier, but I didn't know I was pregnant until about 10 weeks. So, um, that was a surprise. And as a CrossFit coach, I felt like it was my job, you know, and as you know, fitness professional, um, to be able to direct the women and through the way I was working out in my pregnancy, cause everyone's watching, uh, but there wasn't much information and a lot of it was all the same of just keep doing what you're doing um, here's a few things to look out for, but listen to your body. And now I know that I didn't really understand how to listen to my body because I was never taught. So towards the end of my pregnancy, I knew that we were going to be moving back from Missouri, back to Nevada, where I'm from, where Ian and I, my husband had met, um, he had been relocated out to St. Louis and we were there for about four years. He was starting up a facility, for nature's bakery at that time in Hazelwood, Missouri. So we were there, got pregnant. We're going to move back right after Elowen was born. Um, and then once we returned, I kind of settled back in with some CrossFit gyms there, but I pursued my pregnancy and postpartum athleticism certification with Brianna battles. Um, and that was probably around three months postpartum. I went down to Las ba- Los Angeles to see a, uh, her at a seminar she was doing. Um, and I learned a ton about my body. It was pretty much like a shock to the system. There's so much information that women should know that we're just not taught openly, widely. It's not shared with the medical through your medical professionals. So that was pretty alarming. And then coming back learning how to apply that to my coaching and my training and what I was going to do with that and my own physical body. Um, I decided to start loved mama fitness. So I remember vividly like doing all the silver plume stuff, which I don't know if that's what it's called all over the nation, but (laughs) it's the LLC and like looking at LON who I had just finished nursing sleeping right next to me and like submitting it and starting a business from (laughs) my bed. Um, and from there I started working with pregnant and postpartum athletes. And honestly, a lot of it was more just like just moms. Like I got a few CrossFit athletes that would come in for leaking issues. Um, or like struggling to increase their PRs, uh, or struggling with like toes bars, things like that, that they were just not getting better. And mm-hmm. then they were having symptoms. Um, but for the most part, mostly moms and a lot of pregnant moms. And so I started doing doula working towards getting my doula certification. And then I got pregnant with rainy and I kind of stepped back from doing that. Um, because I was like, ah, there's some kind of scary stuff. Obviously you have to talk about when you're working with pregnant clients. And I just felt a little overwhelming. So I stepped back from the doula certification, but when I got pregnant with rainy, it was so exciting because I knew what to do like physically and emotionally to prepare my body as for birth and pregnancy and adjust my exercise accordingly. And I got to share that with my following and it was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, so when she was still born, the, my whole scope of the business obviously had to change. So I spent some time absorbing that, but I quickly knew that I was going to create something for mothers going through what I was going through, because just as losses I felt and I knew other mothers felt after delivering healthy living babies. And it prompted me so much to start a business. I knew that there are still mothers like me who did the whole thing, pregnancy and delivery and lost their baby. And they still need what I know, um, you know, I guess even more because there's not a plethora of Mm trigger-free programs. So, And I found I connected with a few coaches that do, um, programs, but not the way that I did it where it's a huge program. It's huge. It's six months long and there's tons of information in it. And it's just, I just wanted to be able to put it all together. So it's all there and it's all out there for women. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess that's a long story short is where we are now. Um, yeah, that's just, that's what I'm doing now. I think it's important that as
0: a fitness professional, fitness professional to say that not only, so uh, I don't know if you're anything like me, but a lot of it was physicality and feeling strong. And that was like the basis of why we, we worked out or most people were coming to us trying to have a certain attainable uh, physical goal, lo- losing body fat, losing weight, getting ready for this event, you know, going through a divorce, getting revenge body back, like stuff like this. But when I started to really take my career seriously as a fitness professional, as an owner of a studio, I I quickly realized it was extremely emotional for people working out and that there were there were times in their day where they couldn't function or stop crying. They were going through something, but then the workout class was one hour in the day where you felt better and then I were started looking at it, you know, fitness is for your emotional mental well-being as well as your physical. so when this happened to me. I used working out as an outlet for stress a lot. Of course, you know, that it feels good. Your endorphins are going, you know, you're crushing it. You feel great. When this happened though, when I lost Brody, it was challenging to go back into a space where I was so fragile. I knew people, but I knew that they didn't know. And all of a sudden I'm realizing there's triggers everywhere. There's a pregnant girl on the elliptical, just making jokes on the microphone, you know, things about having a baby or being a mom and stuff like that. So I feel like your space is one that women don't even know exists that they, that needs to exist, you know? Oh my God, I can't even believe. It. So, so like, there was this one time, I think I went into a yoga class. It was very soon after Brody, cause I was really trying to like chill. Like I didn't know how to get my anxiety down. I kid you not. I go into the room. I'm late, obviously. Grief. I have no idea what's going on. Probably had a meltdown in the car before I, I know went how in. it
1: is. Doesn't I don't even know.
0: know. I don't even know what's <laughs> happening. I'm wearing like I accidentally put on like a thermal shirt that you wear underneath your clothes when it's f- freezing out. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds so I, I dart into the dark room and I find the last spot in this packed out room in the middle of the room. Okay. Roll out my stupid little mat. I'm on it. Hear the instructor come behind me. And she comes to the front of the room. Girl is like eight months pregnant, bare belly showing. I was like, this is where I die of an absolute meltdown. Like I could not. Uh And then that hit me that like, if I'm struggling mentally, trying to power through this so I don't freak out and run out of the room. How many other women in here are having issues? And you know, that like are having trouble looking at this. And and it's not the instructor's fault. I think my point is, is like, There should be trigger warnings on certain things, I think. Oh, yeah. And so, but now you have creating something genius that needs to be everywhere. I wish it was. And we didn't have to say because there's triggers everywhere, but you have a softer, gentler space Mm -hmm. where you've taken out the triggers. And if there are any, like having living children and and a lost mom doesn't have any. So- are you, how do you feel about typical workout programs? Do you feel that they should always have a trigger for people like us? Or do you think that we are now need to go into a space where there's specialty, specialty environments and safe spaces for us?
1: Mm, I that was know. a long story. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, again, I think everyone can relate, even if it's not even a yoga studio, just walking into a cafe, it's like they're mm. everywhere and by them i mean pregnant women like why <laughs> why are they everywhere um and you're not a pregnant woman it's not fair um so i don't know i i don't know because the niche that i work in pregnancy and postpartum obviously they're going to talk about the baby and the pregnancy and that's how it needs to be so it is very hard to remove triggers when a woman that does have a living baby does need to hear about different modifications for their workout because they were up all night nursing a baby that's important um so i think that there is going to have to be something that's a little bit more specialized and focused for trigger free it doesn't have to be like lost moms or anything like that but like can we get to a space that is just women's health and it's not bombarded with babies and um loss where um you said like your recovery is both emotional and physical and that's another thing i really highlighted in the program was the emotional aspect and that yes, we're here to heal our physical bodies, but it's not about appearance. It's not about losing weight. I want you to learn how to breathe. So when you are having a panic attack, you know how to get a full breath in and be calm because end of the day, we're going to have panic attacks because we're grieving and we are highly traumatized. So Mm -hmm. I just got a message today from a woman that, um, said she just had a panic attack and, she loves, she's gone through the first three weeks of the program and she was able to apply her breath work to the panic attack and get it under control. And that was like, so heartwarming and Mm -hmm. sad in the same way, because it was like, I'm sorry, you're going through the panic attack, but I'm so happy that I was able to help you, even though I couldn't physically be there by creating this program that is needed. So both, I don't know. I think that it's important that this program is trigger free, but I don't know if we can ever get to a point where pregnancy and postpartum, all programs are going to be Mm -hmm. true because we each woman still needs that space um, specific to their journey. Um, And I can say that a lot of lost moms like us will also still appreciate the trigger free program, even if they go on to have another living baby, because it's, uh, or sorry, a living baby. So it's, it's, it's valuable. I don't know. Did that answer? Your yeah, goals? no,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I just, you know, working in the fitness space, I don't really know if I was curious to see if you thought that there will be twin triggers. Like when you, when you go and you <laughs> look up the instructor on the website, I mean, do you think it should say, heads up she's pregnant
1: you know like yeah yeah. and I think we discussed this too um the Peloton started having a notification option for pregnant and um any sort of baby talk Mm -hmm. notification Mm -hmm. which I think is really cool and I think that's valuable I think it's a good reminder for the general public too to watch what they say joking about pregnancy and babies is actually really hurtful and it's not funny to a lot of people around you, uh, as we know, like the statistics is one in four women have had a miscarriage, and one in one sixty have had a stillbirth. And I feel like that stillbirth statistic has changed recently. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but you are surrounded. We are all surrounded by women who are struggling. You know, the infertility statistic is quite staggering too. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it's it's time for people to be a little bit more aware of the words that they're saying and how they're speaking. And, and then in the fitness industry, really knowing your clients and your clientele and the people that come into your, your Mm -hmm. gym space. So yeah, if I don't know, like that yoga class, like, I don't know how you looked it up or whatever, but like, they could have noted, you know, coach so-and-so is pregnant we would have been like okay no thank you whereas she would still get a lot of pregnant clients coming to her class because you know we want to be pregnant being doing yoga that is for pregnancy but i think that's important we especially as trainers and coaches we pride ourselves in really knowing our clients and catering to them so like that needs to be more of a broad reach there i feel like so that we are yeah. being really mindful of people's hearts because it is so vulnerable coming to the gym and that's the reason i wrote this as an at home workout i mean you can use as much or as a little equipment as you want but i'm as a crossfit coach I-, I felt so nervous just stepping back into the gym to get a few things like the last thing i wanted to do was go back into a group class and walk back into that space that is full of triggers. You know, last time Absolutely. I was there, I was pregnant, I was working out pregnant. I was getting ready to go on maternity leave. So like all of it. And yeah, many women are triggered by their, by exercise, by touching their belly. You know, I very gently walk everyone back into just touching their stomach again, which is really hard mm. after loss. And
0: I think you're nailing that as As somebody who runs a fitness facility, you give an intake form. When you first come in there, they're asking about you. And they typically ask things about your height, your weight, your marital status, you know, just your goals, things like that. I truly feel that if we really want to know our clients, we should ask these questions. Have Mm -hmm. you suffered a tremendous, have you suffered a loss? Have you suffered a pregnancy loss? You know, um, things like that to understand that, that exactly, like I went into a class and they were kind of, the coaches were like giving me, giving me shit and like trying to get me to like go harder. And I was like, bitch, you are lucky. I am standing up straight. Like they don't know that I'm not there to com- completely kill myself. I was just like doing a sit up triggered me. Cause I remember being pregnant big and being like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I need, to, I can't lay on my back anymore. I can't do any twisting and it triggered me. And I, and your brain starts going, Oh my God, is that, is that what hurt him? You know? So like before this is I got answers. So I feel as if we're, if you're doing a good job in your, your studio or your business as a fitness person, you should know these things about your clients. If, if they're willing to tell it, you know, obviously if you're not willing to tell that they can't know what's going on with you and why you're running out of the room crying. So I really hope that one day We can make a little bit of changes to just even something simple like the intake form. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, I suffered a stillbirth. I'm, you know, dealing with this and this. I mean, diastasis recti is like huge. Like, did you need to know that my, I look like a hernia hernia coming out of my abdominals? Like, you know what I mean? So I think it's just depending on how much you want. It's it's like an alien. Um, So just how much you want to know about your clients is really important. And that's like the first thing I wanted to touch on because you said that. And then you said something else about, having trouble even stepping foot in there. And I want to ask you as like a personal question, as far as you were a fitness person before Rainy was born and you, it's close to your heart. It's your space. It's your good space. So then after her death, her death, did you have a problem going back into that line of work? Like, was that even triggering too much for you? How did you kind of get through that?
1: Yeah, all of that. Um, But first, so yes, we, I do like pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. So diastasis recti is a big thing that I want to know about and all your coaches will want to know about. So just... Everybody. Oh, wait. And if you don't know what that is, it is the separation of your abdominals,
0: (laughs) kind of what happens when they make space for the baby and they kind of open up and they usually go back together, but it's something you have to be aware of. And typically your doctor really your OB t- typically won't really check for it. You just have to kind of do it, making sure the two fingers, I mean, you can explain it as well, but you just have to make sure that you're paying attention to that. And then there's ways to fix it, but you still can't just go hauling off and doing a gigantic yeah. amount of crunches right after. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, can't do yeah. So I teach you how in the course to check yeah. your diastasis recti and then also screen yourself for prolapse. And then walking through the course is all about how to heal your diastasis recti. So- All your trainers should know whatever you're doing to, um, know about your diastasis recti. But I just wanted to say that back to going back into exercise and fitness and all those things after rainy died, it was really hard. I trained and coached out of my own home gym. So just stepping back into that space was really hard. Um, and then, it got a little bit easier. I filmed a lot of the content for the program in my gym. So it kind of gave it like a new purpose, um, which was helpful. Um, but everything is a reminder of what was, you know, last time I was doing this movement, I was super pregnant. I remember showing this movement, um, on my TRX cause I couldn't squat all the way down or whatever. Um, and that, actually was a big reason why we moved that house. I was preparing for a home birth with her. It was just preparation for a baby that was supposed to be here. That's not, um, with all around, you know, we had had a space set up for the birthing pool. We had our bedroom all set up with the crib and everything. Um, it just became really hard. So we found a, a new home in the same city that we lived in and we kind of jumped on that and it was, it was too perfect. It's got a great view. The seller's agent last name was rainy. So it was just, it felt perfect. What? Like I feel like everything wow. like here, move here, mom, everything's going to be okay. So moving was like a, a great way to kind of start new memories I guess and move my home gym and now it's you're in a way smaller garage so it's totally cramped in the corner but it feels good everything about the new place feels great and I haven't and probably won't ever join a gym again I am feeling pretty good in my home gym with my own workouts and everything like that um but yeah it took a long time all, all the equipment, everything has memories, you know, the smells of your gym, it triggers all these thoughts about Mm -hmm. your pregnancy. And then, like you said, that we're all going through this running narrative of, Oh, did that movement hurt the baby? Or did I do this wrong? And I think, again, I know I keep talking about the course, but the point of that whole course is to help mothers walk through their grieving process and help them forgive themselves for little things that really were out of our control. And some points, like there's not going to be a sit up movement that you did that could have hurt the baby. Um, But just walking back into that space, moving our bodies again, and doing all of that after such a trauma and such a loss and reconnecting with our bodies, because it's super easy to be disconnected after that loss and feel so disappointed in our bodies that they that we couldn't support them. Our body was broken or not healthy enough or strong enough. All all the things. Um so really just forgiving ourselves in a way, which I I don't know. It's hard hard to explain because I know that it's a never ending process. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think with time, I mean, I
0: remember I remember switching. I'm a big, um, I take, I do orange theory. I used to be a coach there and um, talent developer. So I, I just like it cause it's familiar, but I did it when I was pregnant and I just, I switched studios cause I was like, I can never walk into this one again. Like no way, but I don't know if this, I don't know if, I don't know, but I had a really hard time in the very beginning and I had to ease in like really slow because you're right. You're flashing back to when your belly was big or to when you felt the baby kicking while you were on the treadmill, like things like that. And also being like super cautious with your body afterwards. It's fragile. I mean, some of us had birth trauma and surgeries um, yeah. and things that, you know, I had blood transfusions. I like, there was a lot going on with me. So the, the mentality of when I was in there was different. So my mentality before before Brody was, I want to be strong and I want to be lean. And I want to, this is just my lifestyle. This is who I am. And then when I got pregnant with him, I said, okay, I have to alter that mentality. Mm -hmm. I'm going, I'm here just to keep him safe. I'm here to stay healthy. I'm here to keep moving. I'm here to keep circulation going, to keep my mental space and my stress down from being pregnant. And then, so then after he died, it was like, what is my relationship with fitness? What is it? What is this for me? Mm -hmm. And going in, in the beginning it was almost like, yes, exactly like you said. My body sucks. It, it failed me. I thought I knew it. I treated it so well my whole life. I fed it well, and I worked out, and I was healthy. I didn't do bad things to it, and and it still failed me. So then, getting my relationship back with my body, as this house that killed Brody was challenging to flip it and say this ha- this house didn't have a, had a beautiful, comfortable home for my baby it's doing its absolute best. I have to give it grace. I have to try to get healthy again. And I have to get my mental space back if I want to help recover from this trauma and help maybe have future living babies. So have you seen, and I don't, I I like timelines because I need someone to be like, this is when this is going to shift, but it's (laughs) different for everybody. It's completely different for everybody. I'm a little better at the working out thing because I'm trying to flip my view on it. But are you seeing this? And, and how do you help women who are trying to get back? And what can you say is like maybe what to expect when you first start getting back in and when it might start to be a little bit more tolerable, if that makes any sense?
1: Ooh, I don't know. I. Well, what about you? What was it like for you? I feel, well, you know, also as a fitness professional, we're kind of really aware of our bodies Mm -hmm. too. Um, and I feel like I did a lot of my learning of the recovery from pregnancy before. So I kind of knew what to expect, um, from the stillbirth recovery physically felt a little bit quicker in the beginning because I was not up. in the middle of the night nursing a baby and but i but i was up in the middle of the night i couldn't sleep i had insomnia i had nightmares it was horrible um i remember waking up i don't know day 4 maybe after the loss to pump and being just so angry about the milk um so that was like a big thing i talked about early a lot because the milk was so traumatizing the milk coming in for me um second baby came in like a force right ready to feed a baby that your body doesn't know was there um by the end of that first week after rainy's death my body started to physically feel better um the cramps were less the milk was starting to subside a little bit and not as painful um But a lot when I'm working with this population is learning in the first few weeks. So learning how to breathe, learning about diastasis recti, learning about prolapse, kind of self-diagnosing in a way of checking your own diastasis, uh, screening yourself for prolapse, and then learning how to breathe to heal your body. Um, And the breath is like the foundation of your recovery. So the breath is going to be what helps us expand and relax areas and also strengthen them and ensure that they're working together to heal your diastasis and manage prolonged symptoms, and then carry you into your exercises. So the first few weeks, you'll start to feel a little bit better, but, uh, it's a lot of learning. And I want to say like, I don't know by week eight you probably start to feel a little bit stronger. Your stamina has increased. Your body doesn't feel as jiggly and loose. You know, your core, it's so bizarre. You feel strong in pregnancy. You're doing all the things in pregnancy and then you have the baby and it's like your body could just collapse. You don't feel as strong. Um, so, timelines are definitely hard because it's dependent on each person. But I think once you become really comfortable with the new movements, the breath work, understand your body um, is when you can start to feel a little bit normal. And then obviously connecting with your body after such a loss is different for everyone, depending on your experience as well. So if you went through traumatic loss, but you also went through the traumatic birth of surgeries and blood transfusions that looks a lot different from where I, my delivery was pretty uneventful beyond her being stillborn. Um, you know, everything went well. So I just had to recover from a delivery, um, in a cervical lip, which really sucked. So I'm sure if anyone else had one of those, they know how terrible that is, but, um, Yeah. A timeline is, is definitely hard. Um, and then adding the grief on top of it there, it's so complex. Some people experience griefs very somatically where their body is just injury after injury, you wake up and something new hurts, um, trouble thinking trouble being productive. It's, it's so complex. And I think that's why the space is also so important for women like us, because nobody's talking about this. Mm. I would tell friends, like, I don't know. I just rolled my ankle or today. My wrist is just absolutely killing me. I don't know what's going on. And they're like, that's so weird. Aren't you like a fitness coach? Like what's wrong with you? And I'm like, it's literally the grief. It just, it's Mm. hard. It's so hard on your body.
0: And I think that's why I really like your program. We talked about this, not why, but I have a million reasons why I like it, but geez, words, Catherine. Um, I, we talked about this before that, when you are in the trenches, the first three months after loss, the first couple of days, you don't know what is going on. It's it's a grief fog. It's like, a, who am I? What just, you not only don't know what happened to your baby, because no one will give you answers, you uh-huh. physically are drained your body. Like you said, you've got milk. You think you have a child, but your brain knows you don't, but your body doesn't. You have the most darkest, excruciating, triggering, horrible, feeling of sadness and sorrow that you think it might kill you. The last thing you're thinking about is getting back to the gym. So I love that your program says just stand up, just or just start to move. just start to move, start to breathe, start to get oxygen back into your bloodstream. you know, it helps it it helps just to have something that you can turn on your computer or your phone even, it's just going to help you move your body a little bit. Obviously, mm-hmm. once you're cleared for movement, but it's not strenuous. You ease them in more so the, the your your program kicks off in a more emotional and mental way. Would you say
1: that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wrote it from literal day one, like day one after the loss, what is happening that brain fog is so real. I remember telling myself, this is real. Like you are awake. She was born. I remember sitting up super fast in the middle of the night, like somehow I fell asleep and like frantically searching my bed for the baby. And then oh being my like, goodness. she's dead. Like she's mm-hmm. not here. And that all those things, like it sucks, <laughs> but having to tell yourself, on top of that, that she is dead and she is not here and she's not coming back because like, you just like, cannot process what just happened. It's mm-hmm. so unfair. And you're doing that alone because nobody knows what to do, which like, I don't blame anybody, but like, you're just alone because what the heck just happened.
0: That's exactly it. So they go onto your site, they purchase and mm-hmm. it's, is something that they can tap into whenever they want to, right? Yes. So, tell me how it transitions. So, what does day one look like into month two? Entering month two, what do you, what does that look like?
1: Okay, so yes, day one. So it is weeks one and to weeks one through week three. Um, week one is all back lying breath work. So. Literally, you can open your phone while you're laying in your bed, go through the videos, read my words. Um, there are some Christian based content in there. So there's some verses um, that are to just bring comfort. You know, it's, it's not only for Christian people. And we discuss this a lot as well. Um, but these are things, little pieces that kind of brought me hope in those really scary dark days where you're like. I don't even know what's happening. Um, so you can lay in your bed, go through these videos and just breathe and kind of start getting some breath and movement back towards your belly and toward that pelvic floor area where it will get, we're gonna naturally after loss clench and hold our pelvic floor super tight because that area was so traumatized And it held our baby, and there's a lot of really sad feelings in that area. And through my research and creating this course and doing all the things to heal my body on my own, I've learned that women tend to hold all their emotional pain and grief in our hips. Mm -hmm. So it was a big driving force for me to focus on breath work and just breathing in the first three weeks. The first week, you can lay on your back and just breathe. I also have. PowerPoints in there that teach you the basic anatomy of the pelvic floor, what breath work does and why we do it all about your diastasis recti prolapse, what all of that is. So there's a little bit of learning in there because I feel that it's really important that you understand as you're a woman, your own body before you start moving it again. So there's some learning in there. There's lots of resources in there. I have a video from a physio in Canada She's the passionate physio and she talks a lot about trauma and she, then she walks you through in her video, a few ways to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So when you're triggered or you're getting really overwhelmed or you just can't cope in that moment, she walks you through a few movements, which are really great. And they're super simple. Like one is like rub your hands and then put them on your eyes. It's like so basic, but if you do it, it feels great. And you're just like bringing awareness to your body. Week two, we kind of move, we move into a sitting up position and you're kneeling on a boss for some feedback and you breathe there. Again, there's more learning week three, we move into an all fours position. So you are more more vulnerable in all fours position, meaning your tummy doesn't have much of a support because it's in that hanging position. So then we practice breath work there and there's some stretches, uh, pelvic floor release work and again, a lot of learning week four, we walk more into exercise and it's very basic. Again, there's some disclaimers there, like check in with your doctor. You do get cleared around week six, but, um, that's a pretty, pretty basic clearance that has just been thrown out there for, uh, there is a reason, but it doesn't really make sense in the fitness world. I just ask you to make sure you're no longer bleeding. Uh, and I talk you through that and like what that looks like and what I mean by that. And the movements are really slow. We've got like elevated pushups, um, modified sit-up type things to help heal the diastasis. So we're not doing full sit-ups at all. I renamed a lot of the movements. So there, you probably heard the movement dead bug. I took all those words that could just be triggering out of the, the programming. Just, I mean... Mm-hmm. Some people might be like, well, that's not necessary, but my thought process is I'm already thinking about death all day long. The last thing I want to do is be laying there doing dead bugs, you know, that's oh so renamed- so good. Good job. <laughs> I renamed a lot of movements. So as you start getting into the actual exercises, you're not like being thrown back into a uh, crazy workouts. They're all for pregnancy and postpartum recovery. So we are postpartum which I still hate saying that word I call myself post stillbirth um and I just for the most part avoid saying it but um we start there and then I got a lot of questions from women that ask like I'm really far past my loss like it's been years or you know I'm approaching a year or it's been like five years is this good for me and absolutely. If I had that client walk in to work with me, we would start from day one of this program too. Obviously content would look way different, but we're always going to start rebuilding our foundation and starting from there. Once you get into the exercise, there is modification options with every workout, every movement. So yeah, if something feels better and you can do more of this or less of that, there's options all over. And I put disclaimers like do not do more than is recommended here until we get to maybe like week 13. And so it's very clear. And this is all about progressively overloading your body. There's a point in postpartum where it's like, the body is like, okay, I'm ready to go. And that's generally around like week six, we feel like really good and we can just do a lot. Um, and I note that in the, the program as well, like don't let it fool you stay slow. (laughs) Um, and yeah, like I said, I progressively overload. So meaning the movements get harder, then we start adding a little bit of weight. I got experts to come in, um, week 11 is our first expert. And she's talking about loading the core. So meaning adding weight to the body. So adding a dumbbell or a kettlebell and how to understand what your diastasis recti is doing as it's healing. So what to pay attention for. So that's really great. She also has a video in there about hernias. So I know that's something that uh, women suffer for from a lot, but we have an expert on loading the core. I also have experts on jumping, running, and explosive movement. So the goal with the experts was just to bring in a different perspective and different expertise. Um, so it was a lot of fun, mm. and yeah, it kind of cover all the bases there. Because I know a lot of women like to get back to running, and they'll tend to get their clearance at week six, and their pelvic floor is definitely not ready. But they want to go running. This program will get them to that point. Just over the span of I think running is week twenty, so we'll get there.
0: Yeah, is is it a similar? Is it similar to your usual uh, postpartum um, workouts that you do for non-loss moms, but just without different verbiage? You just leave things out. You don't say things, or do you integrate throughout the uh, program certain things? Just re- like um, like you said, you have inspirational things, things like that. But when as you're like demonstrating, do you ever set, Do you ever reference anything? like involving the loss?
1: Yeah. So not within the actual workouts. Um, but I have, so if you look at the programming right at the top will be like, how's your heart this week or what are you feeling this week? Mm. And I write, I really wanted myself to be super vulnerable through the course and a lot of it is my personal feelings so like I know one week I talked about how angry I am and how unfair this feels and kind of just processing that out because I I wanted other women to know that just because I created this and I have these workouts doesn't mean that every day is easy for me or I'm not still grieving because I just I want I want to connect on that level, I, I guess, because there's such an emotional aspect. And I feel that before I do a workout, I need to have a little bit of a physical and emotional check-in with myself. And that's really my goal with this is this is how I'm feeling. And then for them to be like, well, this is how I'm feeling too this week and kind of talk through that on their own and then apply that into their movement because with the grief, if it gets really pent up in our bodies, it's so hard to move forward. So yeah, I definitely talk about the loss, my loss, the hurt, all the things, you know, maybe you're feeling this this week, this like a week six is super, like, I'm really hoping I'm sending a huge hug to every woman on week six there, whether or not it's their actual week, six postpartum when they go to the doctor they can think back to that moment and, you know, know that like I wanted to be there for them as much as possible and kind of revisit that and see if they can unpack some of those that hurt from that office visit, because that visit six weeks postpartum without your baby was absolutely awful. So really catered to those hard weeks and like week 20 was really hard week to talk about. Cause you know, week 20 in your pregnancy, yay, halfway there, everything's good. You know, we've, we've got a healthy baby, like the home stretch, you know, nothing can go wrong now that people tell you. So that was a tough week as well. Yeah. Do you have
0: goal sets? Like at a certain point they, they, there's like an end to it, or is this just ongoing throughout the entire duration? They want to utilize the program for the next year or so, or whatever it may be.
1: It's exactly 24 weeks long. So it's six months long. So I'll carry them. And I felt that six months was a good amount of time because six months, you've definitely changed your body. You've definitely become stronger. You've definitely implemented new habits and a new routine and your muscle memory is there. So I wanted to make sure that that diastasis recti was strong. The pelvic floor was strong. So I have covered a ton of different movements in the workout. So whether they return to orange theory or CrossFit or return to running their, their body is strong and ready to do that. And, um, I've also included within the program, um, modifications if a woman became pregnant within the course. So within that six months, I wanted to ensure that they're, you know, going through it. Maybe they hit month four, and they find out they're pregnant and they think like, Oh, I have to stop. I have taken all of that into consideration. There's modifications. I've put asterisks next to movements that are absolutely not doable in pregnancy. So a way to keep it super inconspicuous within the programming. So it's not super obvious. They're just looking at modifications, but women who are pregnant, who have read the page about pregnancy And the trimesters know that those modifications are specific to them. And that Asterix is telling them, do not do that movement. Make sure you do the ones that we talked about. Um, Because even if you become pregnant after loss, you're still grieving. Like, and I think that's what we're all trying to scream at people. Like, if you have your rainbow baby or you're pregnant with your rainbow baby, that doesn't make anything better. Like, Mm -hmm. I've never... I was pregnant for a solid six weeks after rainy, but I don't know what that is like quite yet, but I know that that's never going to change how much I hurt over rainy. So I wanted to make sure they could stay in the course, doing the course safely through their pregnancy or with, within part of their pregnancy. So even if they become pregnant and they're like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to keep progressing, they could start over at the beginning and walk with it through the pregnancy as well. So, so many options. It's literally like everything a post loss mom could want in a six month program.
0: Awesome. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I love that you just did a big hug, like a big hugging. (laughs) That's so phenomenal. Do you include any consideration of trying to conceive moments
1: with the fertility
0: and the things we talked about before?
1: Yeah. And honestly, from a workout standpoint, that's kind of hard. It's really dependent on your medical care provider. Um, And I, I note that as well. So for me trying to conceive now and have been my considerations are now that the fact I know that I have an autoimmune disease and PCOS. So my workouts have changed Drastically. So, if there's an instance like you are taking my course and you get diagnosed with PCOS, like I just did, just reach out to me and I'll give you some really easy ways to modify the program for yourself. But essentially, with PCOS, we want to focus more on weightlifting and low and slow endurance type things. So, a simple way to adjust that is to just adjust the work rest ratio. So, you move just as much as you rest. Um, so that's probably not perfect, but that's just a great way to get started. And then you can always, we can always work on it to make it better
0: for you. Well, it sounds like an incredibly safe space for lost mamas who want to, to get back to themselves a little bit, maybe try to find out who they are at some point after loss and what it feels like to move and breathe and focus on your feelings and emotions a little bit. I think that what you're doing is wonderful. Um, and the way that you've done it with such care, I think that we could really benefit from it after loss. And you're doing it with in honor of Rainy, which is so beautiful. So mm-hmm. thank you for doing this for so many of us who need it. And can you uh, tell me uh, where I can find you? Can you give me how how someone can- get your course.
1: Yeah. I'm at loved and it's M O M M A and it's under the products tab on my website. I don't know, (laughs) but that's on there. Um, my website also has some blogs on there that I need to keep doing, um, on Instagram at loved underscore mama underscore fitness. Um, and then email me at brie b r e e at lovedmamafitness.com. dot and- com. I'm gonna
0: put all of that so in the description so that you guys can see that information and you they can contact you. Um, brie, is there anything any message you want to leave?
1: Yeah, that like you're not alone. We're not alone in this. I think it can feel very lonely, uh, especially the physical side of it. Your physical body looks so different. It feels so different. It moves so different and you're not alone and the feelings that you're feeling. And, um, I hope that this program makes you feel less alone, um, through your journey recovery. There's no right way to say that.
0: No, it is the journey after loss. It's navigation after loss. It's what does life look like after loss and have (laughs) never stopped. So you're, you're right. No, we're not, you're not alone. We got you. Um, so thank you so much for creating this program, Bri, and for being so open about your journey. I think that's important for everyone to understand that you really are going through this at the same time and, that's good to be in the presence of somebody who just gets it so important for us as we try to navigate this. Um, so thank you so much for doing this.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Absolutely. That's all for this episode of the at a total loss podcast. If you'd like to help other lost moms benefit from our stories, please share rate and comment wherever you are listening. Thank you for being strong mama that you are. And remember, when things have you at a total loss, we're here to help you find the light in the darkness. Take care, lost moms.